the history of personal computing. History, history, history. History of Personal Computing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to show 47 of the History of Personal Computing eBay Edition podcast for Friday, September 16th. Our recent delay turned out to be a little bit longer than expected, but we're back. And on today's show, we begin our look at the third tier of personal computing, the handhelds. And how are you today, Jeff? Oh, I'm doing fine. Third tier. I don't know if I can reach that high. <laughs> yeah. Or how about pillar? You know, sometimes pillar. I thought back on that little thing. I uh, I kind of coined that phrase, the three tiers, personal computing. I think pillars might have been better. What do you think? Should, yeah, I, should, I, should I, we change I, it right I now? Museum look to the, it. The know, three pillars. on a little pillar. So just to, uh, to educate anyone out there about what we mean by that is um, we kind of broken it down into the first tier or pillar of personal computing was established, of course, with the very first micros. Uh, you know, personal computers are distinguished totally different from all other computers in history by because they had microprocessors. So, uh, so the first tier was, of course, the desktop computer. Those were the first computers. And then we moved into the second tier when portable computing came on the scene, and we've covered the luggables, and then they became the laptops and um, notebook computers, what people refer to them these days. So then the third tier, it actually it gets even more interesting, I think. So um, so today we're covering the very beginning of that, which uh, are the late 80s uh, and early 90s. Uh, well, I think both of these are from the very late 80s, but what were called like palm top or handheld, and they're they're the DOS-based machines. Did, have you, do you own any of those or have you? No, those I or? don't. I wasn't a yuppie back then. I couldn't afford them. Uh, but have you ever like had any come through your hands and collecting or anything like that? You're familiar with them, of course, though. Yes, I am. But but I haven't. Yeah, believe it or not, I haven't uh, had any interest. Oh, in collecting during those? those days because it was it was IBM. You know, I was an Amiga person. Yeah. You know, who wants a portable IBM? I want a portable Amiga. I was hoping Commodore would come up with something, but they didn't. Well, I, and um, they weren't really successful. You know, basically they uh, they kind of cost a lot. Uh, you know, did some stuff okay, but uh, but you know, just weren't really practical for most people. I, I don't think they were like the two we're going to cover today. I don't know if we definitely we would call them failures, but they certainly weren't uh, you know groundbreaking, blazing successes or anything. Um, and you know, and it would take a long time as we go through this before what you call the third tier, the handheld or pocket computer or whatever. You know, could uh, anyway, we'll get to that. But where they could uh, rival, you know. A desktop, or yeah, laptop, and they would have run flat. on NiCad batteries, which didn't do so well. Yeah, and you know, think about how long it took for the the portable or laptop, we'll say, to finally rival, you know, the desktop. So when did that when did that sort of turn the corner? I want to say early two thousands, maybe mid two thousands, strongly, where you know, laptop yeah, strongly, sales. but you started seeing a trend in mid to late nineties. Yeah, but you know, where we're now, businesses much... would do it first. They would transition to laptops first yeah i mean at this point there's no point in buying a desktop you have to have a really special reason to buy a a desktop where that was the opposite way around i I even left my my uh typical laptop alone when i got my surface tablet and that's all i use anymore is your surface yeah i mean i just literally stopped using my other laptop Uh, yeah (laughs) Uh, except maybe to get a few files off of it, but I, I don't jump on it like I would have done with, you know, if I went to just like a newer laptop compared to an older laptop, I, you know, I would go back to it from time to time, but I just completely stopped using a laptop and going to this tablet. It just works for me. And supposedly they're a whole lot better than MacBook Airs. Have you? It even ruins my game. Yeah, uh, have you seen that commercial I, and heard that that song? For the... Um, but I just can't remember which what one. What is the Surface Pro 4 commercial that there's out now? The guy's playing the piano and singing the praises about just how much better it is than the MacBook no, Air. No, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of catchy. You have to give it Believe credit. Believe the praises. I mean, I don't have the high end. I have the mid-grade one, and it even runs my uh, favorite uh, MMO RPG, um, Elite Dangerous. 
And it does a pretty good job of it, too, with all the graphics and stuff that goes on through in, in, intragalactic space flight. So, Jeff, on today's show, we are going to be covering some of the earliest of handheld computers. In fact, two of the first DOS handhelds specifically, the Atari Portfolio and then the Pocket PC, plus perhaps some other interesting palm-top mutations. But first, tell us what's in the news with you. Well, what's news new? with what's me new and used? Uh, is not is nothing vintage PC related, but I guess it could be called vintage. What's what's the cutoff in years for vintage versus classic? Is it fifteen years, oh. twenty five years? Huh. Uh, maybe it's classic is fifteen and twenty five is vintage. So okay, it's uh, you classic. know I would go with that because typically twenty five okay. is an antique. That makes a lot of sense there. So yeah. it's classic. And there's I, exceptions I, always because there's you know. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, so what what I got recently is a, is a new toy for myself. Uh, uh, finally got me a Harley Davidson. Oh uh, yeah, it, it's it's 15 years old, so I guess it's considered classic. Um, yep. You and I've always wanted one. I've always always wanted one. It's uh, the nice big touring model, and you know because it's old, I can actually afford it. Um, but I got it Labor Day weekend that Saturday, and since then I put on. 1150 miles wow um on sunday i took a a trip out to shanksville pa for the um flight 93 memorial uh with another group of riders and that was 300 miles round trip just in one day yeah um but that's what that kind of bike is for yes that's a touring bike all my other bikes and i had another touring bike before i didn't keep it very long uh but most of my other bikes were smaller and they're good for like the the, the twisty roads uh, and keeping the speed down, but they were never good for highway. This one was just great for highway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they got to be old if you want to afford them. I, I and actually, because uh, we've talked offline, of course, and I don't think I've talked about this on the the air. We'll go with that term. But um, you know, so I own a motorcycle. Got one not too long ago, and it's a retro style Suzuki. It, it's a it's a new one, but it looks like a 1970s. But it's only a 250. And we talked about this. So I don't. I have been on the highway for short distances, and basically, I don't want to go on the highway at all with it. Yeah, it's just not good for that. My first motorcycle I got in 2002 it was a 1980 Honda CM400. So already, it's about 60 some percent bigger than your 250. Yeah. And I was I didn't like that on the highway. Like at 55 mile an hour, it was like screaming. Yeah. And everybody was going past you at least 10 to 15 miles per hour faster. So it took me a while to get used to going on the highway. I mean, obviously, even the biggest motorcycle is much smaller and lighter than a car, but that's what you kind of need a big, motor, heavy motorcycle on the highway. Yeah, this one, Powerful. 800 pounds, unloaded, probably Jeez. with an empty tank, and it's got a 1450cc engine, so it can it can move things around. And, and well, I'm sorry, how big was the engine? I was going to ask you that. 1450. Well, they call it an 88, 88 cubic <laughs> inch. That's is. That's insane. I didn't even know they made them quite that big. Well, they actually make them bigger now. Wow. Uh, that's considered 88 cubic inch, and now they have 103 cubic inch. And that's some crazy, people, I think, man. even modify theirs to 120 cubic inch. So you're talking, what, close to 18, 1900 cc's for those. And they're air-cooled still. Yeah, know, I was say, they, they get hot. <laughs> yours doesn't have a radiator? No. Are I they just have to of... go fast. Okay. They stopped and doing that, right? That was a little trend for a while. and. Uh, I don't. I don't know if their Dynaglide is water cooled, but they're still doing air cooled for their um, uh, flagship models, I believe. Unless the latest, greatest ones are doing water cooled. As far as I know, they're they're typically air cooled. Still is um, and we're going to get off this subject in a second. But so it's a Harley, and it's a pretty yes. big one. So is it a, is it a hog? Would you call it? Would you refer to oh, it as a Harley it's, hog? It's a hog. Well, a hog yeah, is is sort Just of a big a, Harley, right? Well, hog stands for Harley Owners Group. Oh, so oh, okay. I, I I'm a like hog a... now because I I joined. I figure I'm going to keep this thing for a while. And now you're going to uh, snub me because I, I drive a rice burner. Oh, absolutely. no! I'll still wait to you when you go by <laughs> if I can see you. <laughs> I'll, I'll have my big fairing in front of me, and I may not hear you because I got the what? radio blaring. And so, last thing on this is, um, I had only uh, purchased mine for maybe a few days, and of course, I was riding it, and. Um, and I was coming home, and it's funny, the way I was coming home goes right by a Harley dealer in Alpharetta, Georgia. And then I pulled up to a light right next to this guy on a Harley. And I swear, and then, and people, yeah, motorcyclists are really friendly and they all wave to each other and stuff. You know, you want to be careful. And 
you don't necessarily like you know like big time heavy wave with your arms in the air. You just like lift your hand up off a you know bar. Yeah, and you're not a princess either. Just your fingers. Or, <laughs> yeah, but you know, but they're all pretty friendly except for this one guy I pulled up next to. He wouldn't look over at me, wouldn't wave anything. Meanwhile, so, the motorcycle was going potato 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 potato. potato so I, I felt know. like he snubbed me. I all some will, and it's yeah, it's usually the Harley people, but not this Harley person. You know, I I own six other bikes before that, and so I've learned to wave at everybody. Or you do the nod if you can't take your hand off the handlebar. So, um, all right, so moving right along, so I have a few yeah. things to share here. Only yeah, one vintage PC related because I think we've burnt out every other avenue. <laughs> so, um, my wife Tamar and I went to Vintage Computer Festival Midwest eleven this past uh, weekend. And that was yeah. a wonderful, Wish great I time. Gone. So that was in the greater Chicago area near O'Hare Airport. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it. I put two links in the show notes. One is a link to the YouTube page, which they haven't started uploading presentations yet. And the other is to um, their page where they'll, you know, they have postings from different people of pictures. So just check that out. The only thing I'll say about it was, um, well, good representation from Atlanta because there was uh, five of us there from my area. Really? Yeah. So the Did president you all go separately, or um, they. So I went separately with my wife, and then Alan, the the president of the Atlanta Historical Computing Society, and Flash, the vice president, and then Kyle, a, a member at large. They all rode together, and then Earl, who's also a, an officer of the group and a friend of his, they rode together. So, Kyle was the one that was doing those interesting PDPs um, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Young guy, young engineer. Like, so yeah. I think he's twenty three now i don't know but just a genius with that stuff i mean just incredible i mean he's, yeah, he like knows as much as like the old guys that worked with him but um but really great show i mean a lot of fun i really enjoyed it a lot and um of course i've only went one other time five years ago this was definitely bigger than that one and um and i don't know the numbers or anything but it seemed to be a really good turnout so even and it seems to be laid back too, right? That's the thing laid back. is that, uh, yeah, very laid back and, you know, you're staying at the hotel that is the venue. And so you can kind of hang out late on Saturday and people come and go and it's, it was nice. So I like that. That's, that's the great stuff. Now was the guy there selling, uh, last year, this, this guy was there. He starts like any empty space on tables he sees, he throws his magazines he's like he comes and sells no. thousands of magazines uh-uh. was he there no i okay. didn't see him he was there last year and he started uh encroaching on my table <laughs> and i was told he does that uh you know he brings all these old magazines and no and i wish he was he, he fills in any empty gaps that are on tables you know that are near him so wow. it's almost like you have to set your stuff up first well and i was fortunate because i did take some stuff to sell and uh and i didn't reserve anything and i got i lucked out and got a half a table which worked out just right and uh so i actually had a table like as a vendor with a half a table the whole time and i i sold almost all the stuff i wanted to sell which was great it helped finance the whole trip and you so, got half a square table right half uh so four feet half an eight foot table yeah i was right next to randy I... kindig when I was there, I got half a table, but it was half a round table. So, Oh, yeah. That's not as good, huh? Nope. All right. So check out those links. Plus our buddy, Evan Koblitz, who is the, not totally sure the title, I'm going to say president or the, you know, he's the founder of the Vintage Computer Festival East and it's the Vintage Computer Federation now. Um, but he's also a book author. And so uh, he wanted us to mention his book since it's about uh well, I'll just give you the title. From the Abacus to Smartphone, the Evolution of Mobile and Portable Computers. So there's a link directly to his site for that where you can buy it and check it out and so on. So that is on topic. And so lastly, in the news section, I just got this done before we started recording. So put out two podcasts in one day, man. But while I was at the show, excuse me, <clears throat> I interviewed a gentleman named Josh, ugh, hard name, Ben Sedin. It's not that hard, but anyway, I trip up over it. And um, and Jeff, I got the coolest thing from him. And, What'd you get? And I traded him some stuff, partly, to, to acquire and stuff. Well, and it's a listed interview, and I'll tell you a lot more about it. It's a combination of something he made and another gentleman made, but it's it's an MSI reproduction. And, oh, uh, cool. So just real quickly, I'll say that uh, it's a it's a absolute. So it's not a workalike like an emulator. It's a real. It's all practical purposes. It's a real 8080 Intel based. Uh, MSI, but it's a so it's on the S one scale, right? True S one hundred bus. No, it's not to scale, so it's about sixty percent 
upscale, but it has the it has a front panel board and it's got the little switches and the lights and everything. And there's pictures in the interview page. So oh, I'm looking at it here. So it just sits into an S100 bus and then yeah. is that wow. cool? That so basically, cool. you could buy and make that front panel and stick it in an existing S100, a real one, or say a reproduction one with the bus. And then, and then Josh actually made the the Jair 8080 board, it's called, and we discussed this in the interview. And um, and you can take that and stick it in a, an old S100 computer, Altair, MSI, whatever, and use it as your processor. Plus, use it to troubleshoot the machine. And then it's got you know SD card, and it's just great. So it's a, cool. a perfect sort of combination of old and new, and so check that out. I think it's a really good interview, and uh, you know the S100 community is really sort of um, a lot of exciting stuff going on there. Yeah, it looks neat. I like that uh, that repro. So you know, if we if we could have, if this would have happened, I don't know why I was you know in town. It's just I had a chance to meet him in person and get this and sit down with him in person. So I did the interview on my own, or of course we would have done it together. But, you know, I, I realized this is like the first interview I've just done for Classic Computing in a real long time, so it was kind of nice. Oh, no, you were there. You need to get yeah, that done. Yeah, releasing it on my my brand, if you will. Oh, while you were there, did you go to the uh, the first night pizza thing? No, we did not pull into until like uh, 9.30, 9, 9.30. Oh, okay. 9, maybe, I guess. Um, so we got there and just put our stuff in the room and then, you know, uh, hung out some downstairs with everybody and checked it out, and uh, and I was able to grab the half the tables so that worked out. <laughs> and throw <laughs> you some get stuff. them while you can. And then and, and then tomorrow, my wife and I we we retired reasonably early, like eleven, I think, because we were pooped. Oh, and they ran everybody out there at eleven, and we went to our room because <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh, I mean, it was a thirteen hour, not pure. Obviously, we, we'd stop and get gas and eat and stuff, but you know, it was thirteen hour trip each way. So I think it was just slightly under 700 miles. So it's a pretty, that's a pretty long haul. I generally would not drive that much in one day. And then, of course, we turned around and did it again on Monday. But it was, it was worth it. It was fun. She had a good time, too. Oh, and we drove into downtown Chicago and, uh, and saw the, the, it's not called the same hour, the Sears Tower. Pri- I tried to avoid that when I was there. I didn't want to get. <laughs> yeah, well, it was Sunday night we did that. So it wasn't bad, the traffic and stuff. All right, so moving along. Go back and, and go see Jason's uh, yeah. amazing collection sometime. Yeah. Well, maybe next year. I, I'm hoping, his, I think, maybe we'll go back next his year. Jenga Tower of K-Pros. I got to say, it's one of my favorite shows now. I mean, this is... Yeah, it's nice. It's laid back, and a lot of people can make it there because it's mutually inconvenient for a lot of people, so they don't have to go clear <laughs> across country. They can go sort of to the middle of the country, and you get representation from areas that you don't normally interact with. So our podcast is where we take an informal look at personal computing history through the lens of eBay auctions. It's sort of like Antiques Roadshow, but all about antique personal computers. On today's show, we begin our coverage of the first phase of handhelds, the DOS handheld computers. So take it, Jeff. Okay, I'll start with the Atari portfolio. Uh, The Atari portfolio is an IBM PC compatible palm top and was released by the Atari Corporation in June 1989, making it the world's first palm top computer. Uh, DIP, or how do they pronounce that? DIP Research? Probably. Or, call or, what it yeah, is. Yeah, one of the two. Oh, what the heck? It's, it's spelled DIP, all caps, so I'll just call it DIP Research Limited. Uh, makes it easier. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the scientists at DIP Research. Do. <laughs> 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 and they have a sign that is a dip ahead, right? You know, watch out for dip. Um, dip Research Limited, based in Guilford, Surrey, UK, released a product in the UK called the Dip Pocket PC in 1989. Okay, DIP Pocket PC 1989. Get these juveniles laughing in the background. Soon after its release, DIP licensed this product to Atari for sale as the portfolio in the UK and the US. And we have a. Uh, a link to the to the uh, source of all knowledge for that. Yeah. yeah, the source of all knowledge. I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh wait, I I thought Atari made that themselves, but obviously not. Well, I guess Atari's doing things like uh, Radio Shack did. They just rebrand stuff, call it their own. Yeah. So also then there's the the Pocket PC. Excuse me. So not to be confused with the Dip Pocket PC because it's spelled P O Q E T. 
Pocket, it's a company PC, is a very small portable IBM PC compatible computer introduced in 1989 by Pocket Computer Corporation with a price of $2,000. That's a lot of money in 1989. It is, yeah. Whew. The, you know, the do very minimal specific stuff I guess the computer was discontinued after Fujitsu Limited bought Pocket Computer Corporation it was the first sub notebook form factor IBM PC compatible computer that ran MS-DOS now that's interesting that that Wikipedia entry is saying that because didn't the Atari portfolio one just say it was the you'd, first you'd think so and it's saying palm top while they're saying sub notebook I guess yeah, what's the cutoff? Maybe the oh, the uh, portfolio ran the DIP operating system 2.1 DIP DOS. Oh, so technically, which is it wasn't mostly true. compatible to IBM DOS, but you know it's 2.11, but had DOS 2.0 functionality lacking in some internal data structures. More compatible with DOS 3.0, so it was almost like a hybrid. Oh, and also the Pocket PC is is 8.8 inches wide. So that's that's significantly bigger, isn't it? What's I'm looking to see how big. Uh, well, the, the not really. No. Alone? no, the Atari uh, portfolio is seven and a half, so that's not much. Yeah, but bigger. that's the whole thing. Now the Pocket PC, Pocket PC, uh, Poke. I, I prefer Poke. Yeah, it sounds French. <laughs> it's like I shop at Target. I like that though. Have you ever seen one of these in real life? The the pocket. PC? I haven't seen either one of them in real life. It's just something about the keyboard where if you look at the like zoom in on the picture, the it you know you open it up and it, it it's like the keys are sitting in like a tray. You know, like the bottom parts a tray that they sit in. Yeah, they make the best use of the keyboard or the, the space that's available by making it a full keyboard that yeah fits side to side and the, and the screen's pretty big too. Yeah, yeah, for the time that's probably why it costs so much. No, it could be uh, LCDs were kind of expensive, even just the plain gray and green ones, the pea green. But obviously with the you know, palm tops or whatever, that was the, the, the thought was that, you know, they're meant to be handheld desktop. You know, they were the, the third tier of what was existing then as, you know, you had your desktops, you had your laptops. Now here's your handheld version of DOS, of course. Yes, could it run a Lotus 1, 2, 3, or Excel? Yeah. And then that, that will change as we move forward of you know, the concept of what you do with a handheld computer and so on. All right, so you go first. What would you find? What I found was a... Oh, let me scroll to it now. Vintage, because they all are, right? Uh, vintage 1989 Atari Portfolio Handheld Computer Working with Accessories. Uh and it went for after a twenty-five bid war, wow. you know, hundred hundred and twenty-seven fifty. So it's not too expensive Mm-mm. for something that apparently is complete. Uh, not too many pictures on it, but um, yeah, it's got the it's got the small screen. That's not uh, bad. With one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight line screen. What is it? Forty columns by eight lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the DIP operating system two point one one. And this comes with the handheld computer itself, which works on three AA batteries. Um, comes with the owner's manual file manager tutorial. I think it's a piece of added in software. Uh, a memory card for, for a whopping 32K. Um, parallel interface. I guess you can hook this up to a parallel printer. Oh, yeah, it was, that's what it looks like. They don't show the end of the interface, but it looks like it might be big enough for a DB25 connection. That's a big uh, That's a big old thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> Stick on there. Quick reference card and soft-sided case. So, you know, if I had if I had a spare 127.50, I would have probably considered this, but not, after, you know, first after looking at the, uh, the HP one because mm-hmm. I would have not liked this display. No, no. Out this of... almost looks like it's a one of those uh, telephone book organizers that just happens to run some software. Hmm. So I also found one. So was mine. Uh, okay. So, right. So I generally try to find ones that are still going. So right, you're sold. This one's still going. So um, mine just is, is described as Atari portfolio and it's in the uh, UK and so it's selling for 10, current bid, opening bid, 10 pounds, which is $13.18. It's about $38 American to send to me in a, on the yeah, East Coast, here. probably the same. Yep. And um, that's not too bad. But here, all you pretty much get is just 
the portfolio itself. It looks but like at least it runs else. on double A batteries, so yeah, can... but it, it, it works. It's been tested and it works. Forty characters by eight lines. Yeah. And um, okay, <laughs> not too exciting, but there you go. No, no, I found one. Well, it it won't even run those DOS games. No. no. And I, I think, assume they have, it has basic built in, right? I'm, it's, I'm well, pretty sure. You would must. think so. Well, we can find out. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> and so next, There's you also thing. have a, another portfolio here. You you do that yes, one. I'll look it I, up again about basic. Let's see. Okay. This one, I decided to pick something that was a complete outlier. Um as far as the pricing model is concerned. This is an Atari portfolio new in-box. Really? With extra uh, hard-to-find-in-new-condition. So it has, uh, looking at the pictures, um, there's the box uh, in pretty good shape. Um, it's in its plastic wrap and inside the foam and taped shut. Now, it could have been used. The paperwork is also packed in with the foam. It's a little yellowed on the edges. I don't know if that's due to time. Well, you know, he, it's it was taken out because it's showing here working, but it looks very clean. Very, very clean. And comes with DOS Utilities cartridge. It's like a little memory card cartridge. And the electronic organizer... Um, quick reference guide and 128k memory card so all that together went for $450 wow. just rounding up a penny oh it was sold by a video games museum wow yeah 450 and somebody actually bought it oh in Puerto Rico is that where they yeah and I'm looking okay it's only 19 bucks to ship it that's pretty reasonable yeah, they're they're cons still considered uh, U.S. as far as shipping. So pristine. Oh yeah, look at that, man. That thing looks nice. I have to admit, it looks really good, really clean. It does look brand new. Oh, and and they even describe it here. The portfolio is almost the exact same size as a VHS VCR tape. So think about that. Hmm. Yeah, I have a V. Yeah, I, I have a few uh, VHS tapes near me. Um, so yeah, that's actually pretty sizable. You know, by today's standards, of course, but it has substance. So I figure if you're going to pay that kind of money, brand well, whatever it costs, brand new, uh, you want something that's you know you didn't want anything small back then. You wanted value for your money, so you wanted as much plastic and stuff that you can get your hands on. Anyway, did you find out if uh, this thing runs basic? No, I'm over at the. Um, whoops, or did I accidentally click it away? Here it is. I'm over at the um, oldcomputers.net, which is a good resource. Some good pictures and information here, but I don't see, you know, I don't see anything about it. About so maybe you can you give it a shot, see what you can find. I can't well, seem to find anything about you know, it. One, move on. One thing that uh, you know the Atari portfolio apparently is good at is hacking ATMs, at least according to the movie Terminator 2: Judgment Day, <laughs> when John Connor used one to. Yeah, with ribbon cable to you know take money out of an ATM. I remember that now. So maybe that, maybe that's why a brand new one sold for four hundred and fifty bucks. That movie's not dated at all. Not not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is Hackers. Boy, try to watch that now. Oh gosh, I laugh. Was every it time. like ninety six? Yeah, I was laughing when I first saw it in ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> it was just. I mean, it's just so corny. It's like watching Sharknado. Yeah. It, you know, it's fun, but you, you just can't take it seriously. So I found... All right, so moving on. The next one is I... So I could not find one of these... Uh, yeah, that was is for sale. So this one sold. This is a vintage pocket PC handheld computer model PQ0164. Um, it's sold out of Action, Massachusetts. Action! And for one thirty-five eighty-five after seven bids. Am I looking at the same one? Um, I hope so. Let's see. Is that? Am I oh, at, yeah. Okay, hang on. Am I in the right one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then next, you have a pocket PC too. Let's see. That's it. Okay. Okay, so it's the right one. So yep. So after seven bids, and this one, um, looking at the pictures, I mean, it comes in a little case and like four little 
like uh, manuals or whatever. I mean, it generally looks like it's okay. Duplicate picture there. It doesn't give any pictures of like the top of the case, the bottom of the case. Looks like it's been tossed around a little bit. That, that's what, to me, it looks a little rough, like looks slightly bent, but not terrible. It says, a working handheld computer in excellent condition. Okay. Original case showing some signs of wear. Two 512K RAM cards included. That Those are big RAM cards for that. So that's yeah. what those, those are actually cards and not uh, brochure or little booklets or whatever. One And this one runs Lotus 1, 2, 3, go. Cool. Yeah, okay, so now so. it comes with a card. It's got three RAM cards, so I don't know. If, I don't think you can probably put all three RAM cards into it. It needs new batteries. Oh, oh the, the RAM the, cards. The RAM cards. Yeah, oh. they use those flat batteries for for what? Oh, for the RAM cards, so it maintains the yeah. RAM when it's when it's out. Oh, so that's oh, so that is. Cool. Yeah, I have a um, I have a Casio handheld computer that has something similar. It has 128k RAM cartridge and. Uh, you got to put those batteries in for it to to remain non-volatile. That's amazing. So, what you how? What about your pocket PC now? My pocket PC um, is. Let's see how would your sell for one twenty nine fifty. Oh, There's okay. Really not much to it. Um, that seems to be the going rate. Kind of a worn out leatherette case. Uh, it comes with WordPerfect 5.1 on cartridge. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Um, now, that would have been cool. I I would have used it for WordPerfect more than I would have used it for Lotus. But that's neat that it runs on that. I did not realize that, that it had that. Uh, it looks like it has a 64K RAM card and Alpha Works. So that's probably like a mini, you know, those works packages that were popular in the day with a uh, uh, flat file database and... Yeah spreadsheet and the cheap word processor. I haven't heard of that one before. It looks like it's in pretty good condition. Oh, and Lotus Agenda is a PIM, personal information, excuse me, manager. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Goes coffee's, along with coffee's dip, coming right? up. Huh? <laughs> Goes along with the dip. <laughs> yeah. PIM, dip. You got mode. a PIM with your dip? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this one has a serial modem, and looks like it's a couple parallel ports or serial port adapters. And That's pocket floppy disk drive. Really? Because it's a, a shame. floppy disk drive? It's a shame they couldn't do, put a parallel modem in there. Looks like the pocket <laughs> disk drive format disk, but it doesn't look like it comes with the disk drive. So maybe that was available. Uh, but this is a neat collection of stuff. And, and for the price, I probably would have gone for this if I didn't have to put money down on that motorcycle. Um, neat stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think I like the pocket the Pocket PC better than the Atari portfolio. I mean, just for the display alone. Uh, but the fact cool that you could be on your motorcycle if you had a Pocket PC in your pocket. It, yeah. <laughs> Are you mounted up on mounted up on the handlebars? The handlebars. Sorry, I already do that with my Android. <laughs> That's how I get my music because I got a little Bluetooth adapter that goes into the auxiliary port on the radio, so I can stream Spotify uh, while I'm riding. You better listen to those, the... those crazy drivers that aren't seeing you. Uh, you know, there's lights all over this thing, and and they can see me. Now, it had really loud um, mufflers on them, which is a contradiction of term there. Um, it wasn't muffling anything, so I ended up buying stock mufflers real cheap since everybody seems to want to throw them away um, just so I can quiet it down a bit. But it's still not, you know, people can hear you. Yeah. But the horn horn puts out a good 120 decibels, so it's, it's not like a... a a Japanese motorcycle horn. This thing just honks. It's American made. It's obnoxious. Uh, it's yeah. It's 120 decibels F sharp. So what you're saying is loud pipes save lives. That's what some people say. There's the headlight, and then there's the spotlights on either side. So it lights up enough. Uh, out the front, and there's lighting in the rear, and I'm also working on uh, LED lighting, for, decorative lighting for the sides. Cool. Hey, I have a picture of it you sent me, so maybe maybe I'll tweet our motorcycles. Why not? Hey, sure, why not? I'll try to remember to do that. All right. Get back off topic. What else we got? Yeah. Oh, you so have. I have. Oh, yeah. So I ended up picking another computer that is totally related. But it turns out we're going to be covering this next time, but that's okay because there's plenty of variations on this one. Um, so this is the uh, so this is HP's entry into the, the whole mix. 
um, like two years later, like 91, I think, off the top of my head. So this is an HP Hewlett Packard 95LX Palm Top PC handheld computer tested works. And this is still going. So it's a buy it now at 52.95, free shipping. Uh, it's in California. That's, I haven't looked at these in a while, but it looks really clean and it works. That's a pretty good deal. I think 50 yeah. bucks, that's not too too bad. And I'm looking at some of the suggested auctions or the people who viewed this, and, and they all prices. seem to be about, yeah, here's an HP 320LX that's Windows CE based for 50 bucks. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. I guess if you just need a little DOS something, if you can find like a serial adapter for these, that would be great because that's still useful for some things. So it says it's vintage 1991 computer palm top portable black color uses battery no power batteries no power adapter but I you and I know you you can go and buy like an eight dollar universal power supply if you want to for it and that'll yeah. work easily tested works uh, no batteries included no power adapter overall great condition except there's someone's name engraved on bottom see photos oh which that's interesting because you know these things cost a lot of money back in the day so. Yeah. Read so no, the name. So no wonder somebody uh, engraved. Oh, I see it. Do you see it? Oh, they, yeah, they engraved their signature. It. The lighting is, yeah. Looks they like Larry, maybe? Or... Huh. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Those are cool. And the one thing that's cool about um, it, I want to say that this is the first one to do it. And that was a big selling point of the 95LX and it's uh, ones that came after it is it included Lotus 123 um, in ROM. So it was a true DOS handheld and then it had Lotus 123. So just as a Lotus 123 device, boom, that was, you know, that was at least a decent killer app. And that's app the killer app for, for, yeah, for, for businesses and stuff. So and your you, executives wanted that. Yeah. And if you look at the, um, at the keyboard, you see there's special keys for... Um, of course, it had a calculator function, memo, phone, appointment. I don't know. I guess maybe it didn't have a calendar, which was, you know, but it was it was almost, you know, basically a PIM, personal information manager. But an well, appointment would be, yeah, it would have a, that would have a calendar. So there you go. It's pretty much, it's an organizer computer. So. Yeah. I was looking at something here, uh, following some of those extra links and... They have a, a vintage Casio Cassiopeia Palm Top PC. That's probably not P, that's probably not DOS compatible. It's their own thing, but it was like thirty bucks oh, uh, free shipping. Uh, it, it probably came up on mine based on my search history. The like links those. at the bottom of these pages, you know, tend to do that. And they're distracting. They are. <laughs> I like them but too, though. We'll get they to those. They help me pick out my random auction too. Like the uh, the, sh the shark wizards and stuff. <laughs> we'll get to those. I like those. All right, go ahead. All right. What I picked for my random auction because it hey, it's not even portable. Of things. I'm like kidding. It could be random. Well, you can, I can probably can be anything. with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything. Actually, the thing I was looking for, I saw on Facebook yesterday, and I couldn't find it again. It was some rare some item that apparently never shows up on eBay that happened to be on eBay, but I don't know what it is. But I saw this, and I heard about these, and I don't think I ever saw one, uh, especially for auction. But oh, I just figured out what the deal is. Okay. With the, the, the B-key keyboard upgrade. So the Atari 400 computer, if you subscribe to our show, you would have heard that it uh, has a flat membrane keyboard, which yeah. is awkward to use unless you're transitioning from a Timex Sinclair ZX... Uh, 80 or 81 uh, or no, that would be Sinclair ZX80 or 81, Timex Sinclair 1000 uh, but for everybody else who actually likes real keys they made a keyboard upgrade for the Atari 400 which would give it full stroke keys Wow! Uh, kind of like the 800 but it looks kind of looks dorky well, I mean you can tell, it, it looks aftermarket because <laughs> not only because it is aftermarket, it just it looks like they. I mean, it's neat, and it's probably very useful. But it looks it, pretty good. But I, I see you can see where like the one key, the number one, I mean, and then the the return and the delete backspace, how they they stick over the edge of the case just slightly a little bit. Yeah, they they do that, and plus you can kind of see some of the guts underneath, like yeah. it was quickly put together. 
But still, it's not bad. I mean, I tell you, that's a decent trade-off, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's know. also the four-port uh, Atari 400, so you can have four people playing games on it. And the price isn't bad for buy it now. I guess nine hundred or yeah, nine hundred ninety dollars, ninety dollars from, and then shipping from Virginia, it's like fifteen bucks for me to ship. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a pretty good price considering how rare that keyboard. I w- I would agree. I is. Don't- I don't know anything about this really, but just my gut instinct tells me that, um, yeah, that it, if not now in the future, this will be highly desirable. It'll be more valuable than a stock. It says it was for sale for a fully tested, perfectly working and guaranteed Atari 400 computer, but the sales for the computer only no power supply is included, but that's fine because Mm -hmm. I think it used just a, a high capacity, um, I think he just used a barrel connector uh, power supply. I believe these did. Uh, and just, it wouldn't yeah. have like its own brick. I, I well, it had a brick for you know high capacity, high power. But I believe the connector on it is one of those standard barrel connectors. Mm. Or am I thinking the eight hundred? There could be that much of a design difference between the two. I have to dig mine out. That's one of the the systems I have that I haven't really played around with and something I might do at the next VCF is because I've been pulling my systems out so and then I might just pull out the Atari stuff next year and take that so I did a search and it looks like um, and here's one buy it now for 10 bucks and here's one for 15 OEM so it looks like you know you can definitely you know you can find them for cheap with the B keyboard yeah, well, this says like this one I just found is ten bucks with ten dollars shipping for a uh, buy it now Atari AC power supply four hundred eight hundred. Oh, the power plug. supply. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry the, the, that you could buy to go with that, and this is an Atari branded power supply. So it's a oh, it's a nine volt AC fifty watt. Uh, oh, okay. So it's like know, the Vic twenty, the early Vic twenties had a nine volt AC, but the things yeah, are it's, it's the you know the brick or whatever with a. It's just the transformer. Uh, mm-hmm. All the extra parts, the actual power supply portion is inside the computer. Yep. And it probably gets hot, too. But, you know, 10 bucks, So that's not too bad. To, um... Yeah. You can add this to your cart and then add that to your cart. And, you know, you're out the door for 10 bucks plus, or 100 bucks plus shipping. So, let's see. Do I got one more? Oh, yeah, I do. So my random one is still related. Uh, yeah, this is pretty cool, I think. So um, I chose, and I'm not sure what year this is from. I didn't look it up. But this is an HP OmniGo 100 handheld palm top computer PDA with accessories from used handhelds. It's a buy it now at $54.95, uh, 10 bucks shipping from Iowa, and uh, and it runs Geos, which I I'm always fascinated by. I don't know why. Oh, that's neat. But I just I'm just looks like it runs by, on two AA batteries. You know, by uh, Geos. But um, what else is going to say about it? Oh, but you know, so check that out. That's neat. But if you if you would go also look at this used handhelds, look at their store, and um, they have a lot of you know. I quickly looked at it, and they seem to have a lot of other interesting stuff. You know, looking at the screen on this thing, it looks like they took their design ideas from VTech. Mm, sort of those those toy VTech computers that yeah. are huge keyboards, huge back. Uh, screen, but a small active screen area right in the middle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this thing is is probably tiny. I'm looking at the keyboard area. I mean, the, I'm sorry, the battery cover area. Of course, the battery cover, cover is missing. And it looks like it only holds uh, two double A's or triple A's. Oh, on the OmniGo? On the OmniGo one? On the, um, yes. Oh, and actually, I'm seeing other ones down here. It looks like, yeah, it looks like you can find these fairly, I'm, you know, readily available and for cheaper prices too. Um, I'm around forty bucks. You know, that work work well. Buy it now. So, huh? That's one to check out. Maybe forty bucks and eight dollars shipping. You can, you can have one. I have a portable geo system that runs Microsoft DOS five. Or is that what you need to interface with it on a PC? Uh, but it's 
it's uh, GeoWorks Geos 2.0 that's provided for it. I, I really didn't know this thing existed. I remember the well. I kind of think I did, but oh, and looking at one of these other ones, it looks like the screen flips around around to the back. Yeah, and then and then it's like a real like thick a, PDA like thing. It's a tier four early tablet. Yep, it's the future. I tell you, it is here today at at affordable prices. <laughs> get it while you, <laughs> yeah, get it while you can. I think you should get it. Yeah, here's here's another one. Um, buy it now, thirty three ninety seven for three and three dollars and ninety five cents. I'm looking at the same one. Yeah, that's neat. From Riverside, New Jersey. Hey, is Evan selling that? I don't know. Works. No stylus pen. Oh no, you don't want. That. Oh, is that the trick? Okay. You don't want no stylus pen. Anyway, check that out. But you know what? It, um. It's neat stuff. These kind of things are actually are still seller refurbished. What does that mean? They took it apart and cleaned it up. Yeah, they cleaned. Oh, no, it. this is a forty-two dollar one. That seller refurbished. He cleaned it. Yep. So now um, values. What do you think? So with the Atari portfolios, I think um, oh one twenty one hundred to one twenty-five or you know to one thirty. Yeah, and I would say they're they're probably some of the more um, unless it's new in box, then you're talking four fifty in demand ones because of their you know their significant and um, being early ones you know they're kind of yeah the portfolio definitely if you want something that started a trend or if you want to try to hack an ATM like they show in the movies <laughs> yeah or you're a big fan I, of that movie yeah they're but, good looking I mean I think just it, they have like some a more unique style of how they look which is looks cool. So I agree with you. I think I, I bet you you could watch auctions. You could probably you could probably pick one up for around a hundred. So yeah. I'm gonna say between ninety ninety to one hundred twenty dollars is the range. And hundred bucks, you know, like anything, if you're patient and you watch more carefully, you can probably you know nab one for you know cheaper, maybe ninety a hundred dollars. Oh, absolutely. But if you want some practical use out of a handheld DOS machine, the the the, the Pocket PC is. It seems to be the best one out of these two. Yeah. And and there you're talking 100, 130, maybe a little bit more, depending on if it comes with accessories. And all the ones we saw pretty much did have accessories, didn't they? Yeah, it's, I guess it was pretty good. common to get, you know, maybe a serial port interface or some extra RAM or at least a program card. But that I love to find one of these with the WordPerfect 5.1. I, you know, that, that was my thing. But they were uh, expensive. I, so I think people that bought them... They took generally, you know, I'm assuming here, took good care of them and they, they bought things for them because they really tried to um, make use of their investment, you know, versus just, yeah. The yes, and they depreciated quite quickly and and deeply to go from $2,000 back in their early days, which may, just off the top of my head, let's just assume uh, it was worth $3,000, you know, at today's Golly. prices. They provide a deep hurting to your wallet. They they do, but hey, you can look cool with it. <laughs> and um, that's counts. Oh, and then uh, oh, we already sort of talked about Atari and OmniGo <laughs> values. Yeah. <laughs> so Not, some feedback is uh, nothing really. We said right, you didn't really find anything on Facebook. No, I think people were enjoying their summer. Mm-hmm. And just our stuff that we shared, nothing really coming back. Oh, we did have a Twitter, a little bit of Twitter oh. feedback, but it was just just today from our buddy, uh, the just TR the City Trash Talk podcast. Yes. And basically because uh, we tweeted earlier that, um, trying to get back to it. Sorry for the delays, but we're recording a new show tonight. We'll get it published tonight too. All about two of the first DOS handhelds and basically... TRS80 trash talk known for the trash talking <laughs> said record edit and publish on the same night that's crazy talk it is crazy talk but no that's what responsible podcasts do TRS80 <laughs> trash talk <laughs> yeah. trash talking us they're, they're, they're challenging us because not only do we care we deliver something you wouldn't know anything about <laughs> trash talk the trash talk yep. <laughs> yeah did I tell you I saw I saw them at the show? Oh, you did. Yeah, and I I, okay. I challenged them there, pushed them down. 
<laughs> no, oh, no, I'm only kidding. Did I see? Did I see? I think I did. Well, you know, Randy Kindig. He, you know, he was there. Yeah. So, so he's part of that. I'm trying to think now. Who is it? Is Randy Kindig in? Now that we're talking about it. Oh, okay. So Peter Satinsky. Oh, so it's a few guys: Peter Bartlett and Ian Maverick. I'm way behind on podcasts. So I yeah, have listened I, to the TRC Trash Talk, but I'll admit it's been a while. Yeah, they're on my list. It's I just need to they watch, seem to get pushed by more. with with all the antic interviews. I've been kind of uh, I've been into some YouTube video or vlogs lately. I've been enjoying, so I've been kind of spending time doing that, not listening to podcasts. So I'm bad. Oh, so you you watch one online video through YouTube, and then it. Then you see a link to another <laughs> yeah, one. Right. Before you know it, you're completely off the subject. It's been and hours. 50, 50 videos. Yeah, it's been hours. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder where all the all the juice well, went, all the sodas went that you had in your fridge. Oh, I, I've been drinking them all watching. I guess I'll mention videos. it because there's there's this one uh you know, video this one YouTube YouTuber who I've been aware of for a few years and I I like Disney stuff and I know that he's uh he he's a big Disney guy. He's done stuff where he you know where he's gone to Disney parks and talked about Disney history and stuff like that. So I was aware of the guy. His name is Adam the Woo, <laughs> and uh, and you know not necessarily a big fan or anything, but I've seen a number of his videos and watched stuff. But then I became aware of apparently he started a second channel called uh, and it's funny because I like the way he introduces. It. It's called the Daily Woo, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's every day and it's usually like eight ten minutes and and he travels all over the place and i'm just fascinated by just checking out all these different places and it's so funny well okay and then through him i discovered this other him and this other guy got together and this other guy is called the carpet bagger and then he travels all around southeastern united states and then and then i was watching a bunch of his stuff and he recently went to uh well, not that recently, but recent enough where I saw this before our trip, and he went to uh, darn it, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's called Funtown Mountain, which is in Kentucky. It, um, how come I can't remember this? Cave City in Cave City, Kentucky, and and when we were driving to Chicago, we actually went right off the highway of that place, and I thought I noticed it, and then on the way back, I saw a sign for Cave City, Kentucky. And so I so we pulled over and I took a few pictures of uh of that fun town mountain that he was talking about. It's a it's now a uh it went out of business and there's a whole interesting bit of drama and story about it. Uh and it was just so weird to have watched this and then and then be right there. Americana, yeah, and but, it's amazing. Yeah, so the carpet bagger, but also Adam the Woo. They also like a lot of the you know, the classic uh roadside attractions and all that kind of stuff. And I Route sixty six stuff, right? Yeah, but of course there's plenty of that all up and down, you know, Highway ninety five and I ten and all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, when I went out to Kansas Highway. City, I I yeah. drove by the world's largest golf tee yeah. and wind chime. I just forgot to stop on the way back. And so that stuff is really fascinating. So I you know, I'm glad I brought it up. So check it out because it's 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 very entertaining and there's something sort of uh, they're both good and it's very uh, good at it and it's very relaxing sort of stuff that you know what's that called where you like enjoy things through somebody else um, oh, oh, oh oh vicarious yeah vicariously, vicariously. <laughs> so didn't you say we had a uh, had a funny email yeah the only email well it's not funny we just got an email but hey maybe it'll help us out um, it, it's it came in um Specialist Web Development by Alex Smith, A-L-Y-X, uh-huh. and with four H's in a silent Q. Um, He's a fan. He must be. They're a fan. We are, no, they are, apparently. We are an online marketing company with expertise in search engine optimization, SEO. You know, after I'm through reading this, we should hear somebody yell bingo on their buzzword bingo card. Uh, we can help your business websites improve its presence. Here's a buzzword bingo word on major search engines like Google, Bing, and Yahoo. I think we got the postage stamp now on bingo. Uh, based on the research we conducted on your website, so somebody came to our website. Uh, we have created an SEO audit report that marks the areas where you need to focus on. Good. I did not know we had problems. Well, yeah, it is good. Uh, <laughs> this report will give you detailed version of what modifications need to be implemented on your website to make it appear on the first page of search engines. In other words, Google's top 10. Wow. Um, That's so nice our, that they did that. Yeah. And in bold, they put the following line. Our SEO strategies based on current online marketing trends, which means they'll expire in about a year, will make your website see more visitors every day 
which translates into more business opportunities. And, and you know, technically he's right because more people like this see our website every day. Yeah. That's more business opportunities for them to try to sell us. <laughs> if you want us to share this SEO auto report and discuss your website's optimization, okay, the big, big buzzword bingo card is filled now. Respond to this email with your contact details, phone, and Skype. Looking forward to a positive response. Thanks, Alex, marketing manager. Note, if you don't want to receive any emails further, please mail us with title unsubscribe. And But it's a professional email address, yeah. alex.marketingmanager at outlook.com. That was really nice yeah. to end the right end. Yeah, outlook.com, really, <laughs> in your professional marketing company, and you use <laughs> Outlook for your email. And I get stuff like this every it's... day, but this is the first one that came into this account. It's always so great to, listen, to hear from our listeners, Jeff. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Even if they want to try to sell us uh, search engine well, optimization. I don't begrudge our listeners for, you know, trying to make a quick buck. As long as they listen, you know, that's what really yeah. counts. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, we just got the normal feedback from, um, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, from, from like Twitter that says uh, so-and-so liked one of our tweets, so-and-so retweeted one of our tweets. Uh uh, so so is following us. Very nice. And a few bits about Kansas Fest tweeting, uh, recalling 1995. Uh, there's apparently a yearbook from 1995 on computing. Oh, uh, okay. Kansas Fest 1995, the DYI K-Fest. Okay, so somebody has a video here. Well, anybody following um, Kansas Fest on Twitter will probably see that. But so we get we get the emails because we have a Twitter account and uh, people follow us, so we get notifications. We're watching. Very nice. And that's about it. All right. Well, so uh, I just want to mention the the interview I did again. So. So everybody have a listen to it because I think it, it's really interesting stuff and a uh, uh, great conversation with Josh. And uh, you listen to Jeff. I, I do. When, it, when I eventually get to all the antic, podcast, or antic uh, interviews, I might actually hear him. You should send them the link to that, that Atari 400. I should. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I want, they may, may not be a big deal to them. I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated by it. I need an Atari 400 or 800. You know, I've never had one, I don't think. I've never done anything with 8-bit Atari. That's kind of a shame. I should I should look into that. If I had some money, I would buy it. I would buy that one. Actually, the reason why I never had one until I started collecting them is... And actually, it's, it's an Atari 400 that started me collecting uh, vintage mm-hmm. computers. Uh, I, I didn't get one when I was younger because they were so expensive. Uh, I went Commodore line because VIC-20 was real cheap. Yeah, but back in 1992, three, I was doing field service work, and we for businesses, but occasionally we would get people just calling in, you know, private individuals, and I went to fix somebody's PC, and they had a closet full of Atari 400 stuff, and they just gave it to me. I said, okay, I'll take it. Don't know what I'll do with it, but I'll take it, uh, and I still have that stuff to this day. It happens. It does happen, but. Back then, you know, no eBay, no nothing. It was junk. You know, I, to continue this, I have acquired, I have two Apple IIEs now, which is kind of interesting. And uh, maybe, uh, and the group, the group AHCS is meeting this Saturday. Maybe I'll say, maybe someone would would like to trade an Atari system for an Apple system. Oh, there you go. You, they'll, they'll probably get the better end of the deal. Oh yeah, because it's more valuable. But then you'll get an Atari. I, go for the 800. I need a really good Atari. Hold your ground on the 800. Or like an XL, a later one. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can do that too. Randy Kinney I mean, had it, a really nice just, Atari. If you just want the, the, the Atari platform, then yeah, go for the highest you can. See if somebody will give you a 1400 XL. Oh. Yeah, you'll never get it for an Apple IIe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so show 48 will be released on Friday, September 30th. That's right. It's our metric numbering system. And it will be our second episode covering the third tier of personal computing, where we'll be covering two more DOS Palm Tops, the HP 95LX 
and and it's kind. And then the Zeos Pocket PC. That was a popular term, Pocket PC, huh? Yes. Now we'll see. That'll be. We'll see if we can find any of those online. I don't know. Um, you can find all of our show notes at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. Please send us feedback to feedback at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. Uh, or you can tweet us, or you can talk to us on Facebook. To the heck with Google Plus. I don't know. I don't do anything on Google Plus. So, but yeah, go ahead. And, and meet, yeah, and meet us in it. person on our world tour. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Tell someone about us. Help spread the word. Leave us uh, a review on iTunes. Does anyone do that anymore? Um, you can go to our website for the show notes, which includes our, our Facebook page and Twitter, and, uh, and also a link to the Vintage Computer Forum, which, as far as I know, is pretty much the the most active, you know, general vintage computing forum around. And I kind of go yes. there more often and regularly these days. And I see it growing and growing, and it's well organized and segmented at the same time because you can pick um, your region. Like yeah. I can go to the Mid-Atlantic section and connect with Mid-Atlantic uh, people. Who wants to do that, though? I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, all we get here is four seasons and and lots of rain. And so that's going to be it for this episode. Remember, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware, and always fully research all of your purchases and sellers first before buying on eBay. Just ask for our advice, and we can help you. Good idea. So see you next time. See ya. This one's got detachable keys. It comes with a pen so you can write as you please. This Mac doesn't have any of that. It's less useful, like a hat for your cat. Surface has touch and a beautiful screen. You can see things like they've never been seen. This Mac doesn't quite compare. It's slower, heavy, and a bit square. Fold it in half. Hello when you start. Lighter than air. You can doodle a heart. Yes, it's plain to see. The Surface Pro 4 is made for me.